spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, happy Thursday, everybody. It is the Gatos and Chad Show. Steve Zinsmeister and Susan Monday. Sumo in for Gatos and Chad. They are off on vacation. Don't worry, they'll be back in the new year. We'll see them next year. The real question is, the next time that you get pulled over for doing this, that, or the other... Should you lie about it like this person did? Police say a woman was driving impaired and then just crashed into the water. It happened just after midnight, and police say she first claimed to be a passenger. So crews went into the lake for, to search for the driver. No one was found, and police say, she, well, she made up the whole story. She was arrested for false reporting and DUI. First of all, I didn't realize there was a lake in Chandler. I'm not well-versed in geography, I guess. But uh, the real question is, is it ever okay to lie about what happened in the car? Yes. Yes? Yes, I believe it is. Oh, we're condoning because, lying uh, on the Gatos and Chad uh, show today. I have gotten stopped mostly for speeding um, through the years. And I have managed, for the most part, to get out of those tickets, either on the scene or when I go to court, because I always go to court. Hmm. But one time I got stopped, and it was around Christmas time, and I don't know what possessed me to tell the truth. Because the officer asked me if I had been drinking, and I had, and I had been drinking like three hours prior. I thought, you know, and I and I ate a bunch of lasagna, which is exactly what I told him <laughs> to absorb the alcohol. I had had two drinks and ate a bunch of lasagna. I intentionally ate lasagna for this. Yeah, because it's heavy. It yeah. soaks it up like bread. And I had had the drinks, two drinks, three hours prior. I told him because he, I guess, I don't know, he could smell it, whatever. Why lie? And I got hauled into, the, it was at a bridge and they had like, they have the port authority. I got hauled in there. I had to take a breathalyzer, which by the way, I passed. Hey. But they ended up getting, they were going to tow my car away and they ended up, they had to write me up because they already had gotten, gotten me into the, um, into the jail. There was like a little makeshift jail there. And, um, I had to go to court and the judge gave the cop a hard time and said, why did you bring this woman in here? So I have to be honest. That's the short version of the story. I should have kept my record the, the same as it always has been. And that was to not tell the truth. Oh, we're learning things about Sumo here on the Gators well, Chat Show today. Hey, it, was, it, was a, it was a party the weekend right before yeah. Christmas. Of course I'm drinking. It was yeah. 11 o'clock. I'm not going to lie. It was 11 o'clock at night. And... Um, yeah, I told him the truth. Here's my thing. I've only been pulled over once in my life. It was not for speeding even. It was, uh, I had a crack on my windshield that grew too big. And I was heading up north to Flagstaff. And it I would only get bigger. Went, yeah, it, well, it did. Well, on the drive alone. <laughs> and I passed a trooper. He noticed it. He pulled me over and How says, hey, you got to try. possibly notice it? Was he, it the daytime? So he pulled up uh, right next to me. Pulled up a little bit ahead of me so he could see the windshield, and then he dropped back and got behind me okay. to, for the pullover. I pretty much knew what was going to happen the entire time. It's not like I could speed away from him because then I was going to get popped for speeding. Um, it was pretty minor. You know, it, you get a warning and say, hey, you got to fix this within like uh -huh. 10 days or something. But what did you do? You lied? You said no, you lied? I, I mean, what is there to lie about? It's, it's a crack on the windshield. I you couldn't lie. You could have said it, like, just it, ha it hadn't just happened. It had happened the week prior. And it got bigger, right? And it got bigger, yeah, over the over the, the drive up to the Flagstaff. Yeah, it had. 
So, so I mean, I got popped for something that's reasonably technically against the law, but really wasn't my fault, I guess. Um, but here's the thing. I don't condone lying ever to law enforcement. <laughs> However, that doesn't always mean you have to go blabbing. So, for instance, you get pulled over for speeding, right? Yeah. When they the, naturally this is a tactic used by police. And it's not necessarily nefarious, but they ask you right out of the gate. You know how fast you were going? Uh, no, I don't know. You do not but have to answer that know, question. But you do know. Well, you probably do, unless you weren't paying attention, I guess. Yeah. But the dumb thing to do is go, yeah, yeah so I, I know doing- exactly what I was doing. <laughs> because they know they clocked you, uh-huh. if they're doing their job right. Uh-huh. They clocked you. They know how fast you were going. So you admitting to the crime is probably the worst thing you could do right then. <laughs> so they ask you, hey, That's do you know how fast okay you're going? instance to lie. Not sort to of lie. lie. Not to lie, to neglect the question. Okay, to neglect the question. That's what I would do. So, but how do you feel when I, I told the I told the officer the truth, and I I I learned a lesson that it's better to lie. That's a terrible lesson to learn. I know uh, it's hard. So, is it better that you when you I, lied, or is it just that you got off easier when you did, and so anecdotally the lie was more useful? Uh, yeah. That's really all it comes down to, right? But in the case of this woman in Chandler, this is a crazy story because she said she was the the passenger and that the driver was in the lake and they went and searched for the person. I'm angry about that's a bad lie. That's like it's also a provable thing. I mean, if you say, no, there's another guy he was driving. He's at the bottom of the lake. They're going to go look at the bottom of the lake. And when they don't find the guy. Guess what? You're in trouble. Not just for crashing into the lake, well, but now also because you lied about this it. This is probably, I don't know if this, if you would even get this, but it worked for Ted, uh, Ted Kennedy at Chappaquiddick when he said, oh yeah, um, she's in, in the water and they never found her. I guess, was that... Is that not the same thing? I guess not. I uh, no. I think it's different when you're, especially when you're the one who crashed into the lake. It's like a scene out of a movie. Yeah. Uh, there was a bit. There was a funny bit in a movie called Wanderlust a few years back, uh, where Paul Rudd's character lets uh, Jordan Peele borrow his car, and Jordan Peele crashes it into the lake. And they're standing there looking at the car sinking in the lake. He goes, "How did this happen?" And he goes, "Ah, I was driving," and then. <laughs> Cut two in the lake. And he's like, no, no cut two. How GPS did the car? So. Sometimes <laughs> there was a, a show uh, on the office, a, a segment on the office about that where they yes. just drove into the lake. The GPS yes, episode. the GPS. That's not a lie. Where it's like, that's turn truth. right here. And he's like, okay. And it's like, no, that's a lake. You can't turn into the lake. But do you think, because I do, that um, she should be charged for that search? That they went Absolutely. and searched that lake? And, Absolutely. Yeah. You can't send police on a wild goose chase like that, especially one that's as difficult as diving into a lake. I don't know what the size or depth of this lake is. Uh, It's in Chandler, so I'm guessing it's not that deep. But still, that requires divers. That requires special equipment, people for the job, the time that it takes to do it. That's a full investigation. Of course you should be charged for that. It's kind of like those people that go hiking when it's triple digits out and they have to be rescued off a mountain and I bet they say well I didn't realize it was going to be this hot like what like what really All right. Uh, well you're not going to believe who will be getting the most toys under the Christmas tree Hmm. this year it's not me is it It, it's not going to be me either (laughs) We'll, uh, we'll fill you in when we come back on the Gators and Chad show KTAR News, 92.3 FM. You're locked in to the Gatos and Chad Show. 
Feliz Navidad. Well, Christmas is the time for toys. Yes. Yeah. All right. Welcome back to the Gators and Chad Show, by the way. My name is Susan Monday Sumo and Steve Zinsmeister. We're wrapping it up for this week here. Um, And, you know... You probably got a lot of toys when you were little. I got oh, a lot man. of toys. Yeah. So many action figures, Legos. Yeah. Barbie, Chatty uh, Cathy. Not for me, but yeah, totally. Yeah. So uh, two, two things I want to talk about, and we have a special guest to talk uh, talk more about toys. Uh, there's a big movement uh, with moms and dads to ban Christmas toys for kids. In fact, one of my friends, the one that has the two kids, has asked me in recent years to not buy toys anymore, to give her kids experiences. And so I, I try to do that. I don't know if the kids appreciate it or not, but I think it's a cha- probably a challenge for a parent to have to break the news to kids that, yeah, we're cutting back on the toys. But I, I do think it's a good idea, but there is this movement afoot. The second thing, though, is that um, the toy industry has taken a hit in recent years and isn't growing as rapidly, I guess, in, as in years past and maybe because of movements like, like that one. Um, but the biggest growth in the toy industry is with adults and, and they call them, um, Adults, um, <laughs> and to learn more about kid adults, I've invited the toy guy Chris Byrne to tell us about it. Hi, Chris. Merry Christmas to you. Hello there. Nice to be with you guys. What's a kid adult? A kid adult is an adult who may be grown up chronologically and have responsibilities, but doesn't want to give up playing, and so is still going to be buying those toys and uh, enjoying them. Not quite in the same way. Action figures are displayed and sort of smacked together. But it's still about that wonderful sense of imagination and connection to, to the uh, to the characters or the toys. So, so let, let me ask you this, Chris, real quick. So I know people, I'm about 30 years old, right? Some people that I hang out with are around the same age. I, I, the thing I see most is Funko Pops. They're kind of like action figures, they but they're almost like more decorative. You don't play with them necessarily. I see them everywhere. Uh, there's that. And then also I play video games still. Do I count as a kid old? Absolutely. I think I think yes. the video games are, are very much part of it. Nintendo Switch, PS5, any of those. I have and both. the neat thing about that is, is that you, you buy the games that reflect the type of play you want to do. Um, but you're not on the golf course or joining the bowling league or wearing a fez and riding a tricycle. You're playing your <laughs> video games. Well, what's the other thing he was talking about? The Funko. What are those things? Oh, it's like a little. Uh, it's like a little action figure. They make them for almost every brand. Am I right on this, Chris? Yeah, Funko Funko Pop. They're they're a very specific look, and they're they're vinyl collectibles. And the joke I always make is they have a very specific look, kind of like what my mother and grandmother collected, which are Hummel figures, which are these kind of ugly porcelain kind of things, but people still want to collect. And it's that connection to the characters, whether it's Harry Potter or Marvel or Peppa Pig, or there's even a Funko collectible of a can of Spam. <laughs> what, what other toys are, I don't, even, I don't even like to call them toys, but what other items are popular with the kid adults, kid adults? 
Well, anything having to do with it, with a major property, Marvel, action figures, you know, there's, there's a very expensive $150 Optimus Prime out there. That's not for kids. Lego uh, has a huge adult fan base with the, you know, the $500 Hogwarts Castle, the Death Star, all of these huge uh, toys. That these, are, these are designed for the adult collector who wants to build them and build their community around those toys. So these are expensive toys, not something that you buy at the toy store for 20 bucks. Right. What's that cliche? The difference between a man and a boy is the price of his toys. So, <laughs> and, and, is it, is it, is toys. It more, and is it more men than women who are kiddults? No. Oh, and that's the cool thing. You've got you've got Barbie collectors. You've got rats collectors. You've got Monster High collectors. You've got it mostly comes down to dolls and action figures. But there's also games and puzzles and, and video games as well. They are both genders. We're talking to Chris Byrne, the toy guy. It sounds like a nostalgia plays a big role in this, and we see it all the time in some of those movie franchises that you mentioned, like Marvel or Star Wars. They just bring them back. You know, what's old is new again. Is nostalgia playing a huge role in what's popular for kiddults? Yes and no. I mean, yes, they, they began the relationship with the Marvel characters or the Star Wars characters when they were kids, but it's an ongoing relationship. It's not one they're looking back at. It's one that hasn't ended, so they can't really be nostalgic for it, right? So they're still, they're still very much engaged with it, and the fans are very much involved with uh, creating the fiction around it and, and watching, you know, if, if uh, Star Wars does one thing that's out of character, there's a whole there's discussion boards where people are talking about that. It's become part of how people communicate and create uh, communities. So what toys actually are popular for kids this year? Real kids. For, for real kids. Yeah. Um, a couple of things. There's, there's one thing from Moose Toys called the Magic Nixie's Crystal Ball. And it's a crystal ball that sits on a base. It's about about 22 inches tall. Crystal ball. You wave the magic wand. It fills with mist. And then magically, your, your plush toy appears in it. That's hugely popular. But one of the other ones that is so huge is called Squishmallows. And imagine, you know, a memory foam pillow turned into a stuffed animal. I mean, that's really what it is. It, 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 they're very squishy. Are you looking at them back. now, placing your order, kid? Yeah, bike? I just Googled the, the crystal ball one. I don't think I'm going to be getting one How anytime soon. It? Oh, gosh. Look, this one's $49. This one's 65 yeah, and it, it's it's on sale because it had a it came out with a with a suggested price of seventy nine when it first came out. Oh. The wall. So so wh- how much you know with the with these kids dolls? How much are they contributing to the growth in the toy industry? Well, NPD, which is the organization that tracks uh, toy sales. Uh, they they estimate that kidults are now responsible for about 25% of the toy industry mm, wow. which is about 9 billion dollars. That's so a, a it's big a, chunk. It's a lot it's a lot of money. And do you see the industry tapering off with the younger crowd especially since um, some parents are banning toys for gifts at Christmas? Yeah, I well, we could get into that, but but yeah, I think that you know we've got a declining population. If you look at population growth, it's declining, so it's kind of good that we've still got a, an, an audience. And I do think that parents have been very concerned about the amount of toys mm-hmm. that they they bring to kids. We for years we've talked about don't get involved with present overload, which mm-hmm. is kind of a hangover from the '80s and '90s, where it was more about having more stuff than having things that really engaged kids and created imaginative experiences for them. Thank you, Chris Burns, the toy guy. Appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Thanks, guys.
Thank you. I just I, learned I, something about myself. I'm a I'm a adult. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought that about Who you. Who knew? Yeah, I still play video games, sports games exclusively. So interesting that that's yeah. happening. With I just toys. want my um, chatty Kathy back that my sister, who's 10 years younger than I did, she broke it. She broke a lot of my toys because when I went to college, she had at it. You probably could have gotten a pretty penny for this. I know. I know. Saying. I know. Coming up next, we call it holding up the headlines. Becky Lynn reads the news while we interrupt and react to the day's top stories. That's next on the Gatos and Chad show. Arizona's news station. News station. KTAR, on air, 92.3 FM, online at KTAR.com, and streaming live on the KTAR News app. You're breaking news and traffic now. It's 3.30. You know what that means. It's time for Holding Up the Headlines. Becky Lynn's going to read the news, and we are going to interrupt and react to the day's top stories. Here she is. It's Becky Lynn. The blistering cold weather across the country is affecting millions over the holiday. If you're traveling, you may be in for some major delays. Really, anybody flying into the upper Midwest and Great Lakes is going to have problems tonight because of blowing snow and perhaps even blizzard conditions. Jared Heil with the National Weather Service says if you are traveling north or east, you're definitely going to want to check the roads first or maybe your flight status. And by the way, at Sky Harbor, lots of delays and cancellations. We're trying to keep up on those for you, but I would call and check ahead. Sky Harbor right now reporting 40 canceled flights and 126 delays. Holding up the headlines. Becky Lynn reads the news while Gatos and Chad interrupt and react to the day's top stories. Well, I'm from the East Coast and I'm certainly glad I made the decision to go back east for Thanksgiving where it was moderate temperatures, 55, 60 degrees. There is no way. I'm like Kirsten Cinema. There's no way I could deal with this. No way. <laughs> Don't sit me by the bathroom. Don't put me in a middle seat. Preferably not Southwest Airlines. No, I mean, listen, uh, half of the country right now is almost inaccessible at times. Bomb cyclone. Bomb cyclone. Not a bomb on the plane. Just want to be clear. <laughs> this is weather related. Uh, it's just what they call it to be dramatic, I guess. But yeah, I mean, ultimately flights even if you're heading west of here, those flights could be impacted by a plane that's stuck in another city across the country. So this is going to impact a ton of people. I've gotten two emails from friends that live in Baltimore, and the dominant word in their, their text was the word nasty. Nasty. There it is. And it feels good to live in Arizona right now. Yes, We're holding it does. up the headlines. <laughs> Arizona's immigration crisis. Governor Doug Ducey and the federal government have agreed to bring the shipping container wall down. Yuma County Supervisor Jonathan Lines tells Arizona's Morning News Ducey and Biden's agreement will help his community since it puts the responsibility on the Biden administration to work on the border. I am grateful for the governor for doing the jobs that the feds wouldn't do. This now forces the feds to do the job that they should have done in the first place. Border security is a federal issue and it shouldn't be a state issue. Workers will start removing the shipping containers within two weeks. The Biden administration alleged the wall was illegally built on federal land and endangered wildlife. We've heard mixed reviews from people along the border about whether or not the shipping container wall actually did anything, if it helped. We've heard from some that say that, it, yeah, it funnels migrants to specific areas, making things easier for Border Patrol. Others think it's a political stunt. Hey, if it forces the Biden administration to really do something, then I'll say it helped. Yeah, I mean, if that was the goal all along, then I guess it worked. Yeah. We're holding up the headlines. 
Arizona votes. Well, we're not going to get the results of the election recount until next Thursday now. Allie Bones with the Secretary of State's office says the delayed recount was due to a few issues building up. We were still awaiting one county to complete their recount process. We have two trials happening at the same time, so it just made sense to hold off so that all the results could be reported to the court at the same time. The current lawsuits with Carrie Lake and Abe Hamaday could end up affecting the final results of the election, but will not affect the recount results. And perhaps more important to me, at least, than the recount, because the recount's going to be good. I mean, it was a close AG's race. Everything else is pretty much set in stone. And I don't expect anything to get overturned because of a recount. The trial, day two of Carrie Lake's trial, her star witness was a pollster. That's probably not a good sign for their camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> We're holding up the headlines. You've heard of a red Santa. How about a blue one? KTAR's Colton Kralak is live to tell us more. That's right, Becky. Today, police officers from around the valley walked into a Glendale warehouse full of toys. It's all part of the 37th annual 911 Toy Drive where officers, or blue Santas, can pick out gifts for children they've met while on the job who are in need of a little Christmas cheer. Deputy Sheriff Wil- Wilmer Tinoco is one of those picking out toys. Oh, that's that's the best part of my job, you know, doing this type of stuff every year. You know, just seeing their their smiling faces and giving me big old hugs and stuff like that. The toy drive has delivered more than 7 million gifts to children. This year, roughly 3,000 kids will receive a toy. Reporting live, Colton Krulak, KTAR News. I I wonder if they thought about the kiddults. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think that that's who that's for, but uh, we talked earlier about the kid adults, the, the kid adults, adults who uh, still play with toys or collect toys, those types of things. Um, I love toy drives. It's one of my favorite events that we do all uh, every year. Some of the ones we've done in the afternoons uh, at KTA over the last few years, the coolest thing is when, especially like little boys, they get a football or a basketball and they're already throwing it around in the parking lot at the mm-hmm. toy drive. That really gets me going. And uh, it's some of my favorite events we've ever done. We're holding up the headlines. And between travel and buying gifts, the holidays can end up being pretty expensive. Sarah Foster with personal finance company Bankrate says they found in a new study that those costs can hit young Americans even harder. Nearly one in four Gen Z and millennial holiday shoppers expect to feel pressure to spend more than they're comfortable with. And that was twice as high as it was for baby boomers and Gen X. And young people are also more likely to spend money traveling home for the holidays. Foster's advice for everybody this holiday season, make a budget, stick to it so you don't overspend. And you know what? As I've gotten older, I feel less pressure to overspend. And I also don't feel pressure to buy somebody a gift. How about that? Yeah, well, I'm right there with you. I mean, you've got decorations to spend on. You've got gifts to spend on. Travel, we mentioned. Uh, How about food? Just Christmas dinner. If you're inviting the whole family over, that's expensive. So there's a lot to pay for around the holiday season. I get why people are feeling the pressure. We're holding up the headlines. Okay, now to a rescue being called a Christmas miracle. It involves a mother moose north of Spokane, Washington that needed some help to stay alive. It was tense. Paula and Bill Gilbert were (sighs) horrified when they looked out their back deck and saw a moose had fallen through a frozen lake and was treading water, struggling to survive. It it was so hard. Wildlife sadly often fall through frozen lakes and typically nothing can be done without risking the lives of rescuers. (laughs) This time though, after five hours of trying, Washington's Department of Fish and Wildlife and firefighters using lassos and all the strength they had were able to 
pull the moose out of the hole in the ice. It's a Christmas miracle. The moose was okay, and I should add all of this unfolded in a town named Elk. Alex Stone, <laughs> EBC News. Good old Alex. He I always gets know. the odd stories. Five hours trying to rescue a moose. Is that worth it? Probably. Especially if you live somewhere where a moose can just walk through your backyard, you probably care for the wildlife. That's a feel-good story. It's definitely a feel-good story. I, I gotta say, when I'm on like Facebook, I don't go on Facebook very often, but when I scroll through the videos, the only thing the algorithm gives me is people saving animals. <laughs> I, I must just be entranced with those videos and Facebook knows it at this point. So you're you're happy about this story? Yeah, I'm happy good with it. The moose gets five to Five hours. I wonder how much a moose weighs. A lot. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'll Google it in the break. We're okay. all the headline. <laughs> all right, weird question for you, Becky Lynn. Do we know if the moose was male or female? Oh, they didn't say, so no, okay. we do not know. We don't know. Why do you? Oh, no. That impacts. No, it is a mother moose. It's a mother moose. It says moose. a mother moose. moose. I just saw that. Anywhere from 440 to 1,100 pounds. That's a pretty wide range, That is a huge like. range. Yeah. I wonder if she was pregnant. Uh, well, you know what? We're well, willing to uh, rescue her. Or they may not have known it until they did rescue yeah. her. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Becky Lynn. Hold up the headlines uh, where Becky Lynn reads the news, and we interrupt and react to the day's top stories. Coming up, is Christmas in Arizona just not the same as it is everywhere else around mm. the country? Mm. We're going to dive into that next on the Gatos and Chad Show. The Gatos Big Q Poll Question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Steve Zinsmeister and Susan Monday. Sumo in for uh, Gatos and Chad today. The Gatos Big Q poll question. You can find it at KTAR.com. Just scroll down a little bit on the right-hand side of the page. It's brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Are you flying for the holidays? Plain and simple, yes or no. I was interested because so many people's plans are going to get messed up (laughs) by what's going on on the East Coast with the weather. Surprisingly, my poll right now is running 96%. Say they are. No. Oh, they're not. Okay. According to KTAR.com, 96% of people who voted say they are not traveling. And honestly, part of the reason might be because so many flights are going to get delayed, canceled, and it's impossible to get east right but now. But how would they have known that? I mean, you got to book your flight in advance. Yeah, right? I suppose that's part for, of it. For a holiday like this. Maybe you don't like going east for the holidays. Maybe you like being in a warm weather climate for the holiday. Well, my friend who lives in Baltimore in the nasty weather, because I grew up on the East Coast, and the first Christmas I ever spent here was last Christmas. So this will be my my second Christmas. And she said to me, I can't imagine spending Christmas in a warm climate. So say Florida, for example. Really? Or here. Can't imagine it. Can't. I think there is just some kind of bias, Christmas bias, Christmas discrimination that the East Coast, or not just the East Coast, the Midwest as well, all places that get white Christmases. Right, yeah. All places that get white. And that could include Colorado, right? Listen, I totally get it. I was born in Cleveland, Ohio. We certainly got white. snow on Christmas. Very Many a time. Uh, Colorado Springs, I spent a few years there in my childhood. And then even, you know, I grew up in Dallas, Texas primarily. Still got some white Christmases there, too. Certainly haven't gotten one here, at least not to that degree. Um, I and understand if you wanted one, you could go from. north. You could go north. Yeah, it's not too far away. Right. I've been snowboarding up in Flagstaff. Yeah. If you really want the white Christmas experience, head north a couple of hours. It's really not that far. You said you can understand where she's coming from? I can understand where she's coming from in that 
there is this, and we talked about nostalgia for like the toys earlier yeah. in the show. Yeah. I think there's some of that with Christmas as well. The vibe that you get when you have to shovel the driveway or when the whole family comes to town and you have to sit in front of the fireplace to keep warm. <laughs> right. There's something to that there that is. just kind of feels like it's Christmas. It's cozy. It's cozy. You know, I notice if you look at, and you could pay attention to this now, like all the national commercials around the holidays mm. look like they take place on the East Coast because they all seem to have snow them so that's what people associate i'm dreaming of a white christmas right associate with christmas and she she told me that she would really struggle like if she were in my shoes to be in arizona and honestly i'm going to be sitting pretty 70 degrees and sunny eating my christmas meal with my friends on I'm, sunday i'm like you I, i'm not uh certainly not regretting not being east for yeah. the holiday i love being in a warm weather climate it's part of the reason i live here yeah. is because i've lived other places with snow and i don't enjoy it as much as i do here but it is always nice on christmas eve to start to see a couple of flakes falling. I mean, don't you think? There's something to that. And again, maybe it's the music, like you mentioned. All the songs are about, about all the movies? snow. All the movies. It always it has to snow in a Hallmark Christmas movie. <laughs> it has to. It's probably in the title, too. It's, and like all the things that one might associate with Christmas that are iconic, like the Radio City Music Hall, like the Rockefeller Center and the, and the Christmas tree, they all... Are on the East Coast. Yeah, nobody thinks about the Grand Canyon when they talk about Christmas. <laughs> Although I gotta say, the Hoover Dam doesn't come up very often. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I think you're right. You watch all the car commercials, or the, the really, I think the funniest uh, Christmas commercial on right now is the one with the guys from Scrubs. Uh, those two guys. I think it's a T-Mobile commercial <laughs> yeah, or something like yeah. that. And um, I, I laugh at those, but again, snowing in the background, they're wearing sweaters and scarves mm-hmm. and maybe mittens or something. It's not something that we ever have to worry about in Arizona. Do, do you do ugly Christmas sweater contests around here? I've been to one party that yeah. was an ugly Christmas. Mm-hmm. I didn't have one. I had to go and buy one at a thrift store. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the only time I ever, and I don't think I've worn it since, to be honest. Probably about I mean, five years ago. Is there is there a tradition here in, in this part of the country that I need to be aware of? For Christmas? Yeah. Uh, help me out if you guys... That might be different from, say, something on the East Coast. So Pablo says decorating a cactus. That's I love that. If you have one. That's tamales? a good idea. What about tamales? That's that's yeah. actually something I'm doing on Christmas uh, night. We're gonna make tamales. You're gonna make them. Yeah, yeah. that's a chore. Got to have friends to help. And I'm going on Christmas Day to my friend's house, and um, she learned how to make a lot of Mexican food from uh, this woman that cooked for her family. And so that's that's so like strange to me on Christmas Day to eat tamales. That's weird. Listen, <laughs> is Christmas a different vibe in Arizona than it is elsewhere? Yeah, but I'd rather be warm. Call me crazy. You wouldn't like to be cuddled up by the fire drinking some hot chocolate with your, with your yeah, girlfriend? We'll definitely have a fire on Christmas. Yeah, you can still I, have a yeah, fire. Absolutely, and I'll probably still wear a jacket, too, and turn on the heaters you outside. You can do all the same we stuff. we can go outside and have a heater and not die. Exactly. <laughs> Revolutionary. I don't know why anybody wouldn't want that. Coming up next. Ducey shipping container wall is coming down. Was it worth the cost, though? We're going to dive into that on the Gatos and Chad Show.